What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan, the call me the idea guy. Mostly because bad internet guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's this Italian stallion. He's got the license plate covered to prove it. Mr. Joe Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. What's up, my brother? Glad to be here. Man, college. The college playbook for parents. You got five kids. I got four. There's a lot of college age uh, opportunity coming our way. You're probably listening to this driving down the road. You may have a kid in college. You may have one that's on the way today, Joey. What are we? Why are we covering this topic? What's so important about it? Well, I mean, I think you just laid it out perfectly, Russ. If this isn't an actual current event issue for you, it will be. Um, or it, it's just something that's on top of everybody's mind at some level. And I think if we can kind of break this down into some bite-sized pieces where people can start to have a framework, I mean, just like everything else in your financial world, if you have a framework, you know what to do. And I think that's the the purpose of today's podcast and not to have, I mean, there's going to be some opinions. Okay. There's going to be some opinions, but bigger than that is frameworks. And I think that that's where you win. Every single month, I write a $1,250 check to one of the many <laughs> student loan uh, providers out there. And it's for my wife. I get the statement. I like, I, I don't know if you guys ever do this. You get the statement on things you've been paying for. You like to look at like, okay, how much do I owe? How much, am, how much did my payment go to principal? How much went to interest? And I noticed that I finally eclipsed the part where more of the $1,250 a month is going toward principal than interest, right? I'm like, yes, feeling good about this thing. And then I look down where it says how much I've paid in interest, $150,000. How much do I still owe, $120,000? How much has gone to principal, $50,000? And I'm like, stinking dental school is expensive. And now you're like, Russ, you didn't go to dental school. You're right. I didn't go to dental school, but I am paying for it. My wife went to dental school, but you're like, Russ, your wife is a homeschool mom. And I'm like, exactly. So there's a good reason for us to have this conversation today. It's important, but thankfully, Joey, you and I are not the only ones covering this topic. We're covered and joined by the dream team of financial coaches. Let me get up the first man on my, on the screen here. He's strong. He's smart. He's our inner circle director. When he's not lifting weights, he's lifting lids. Make sure to listen to what he says, because Simon does. Mr. David Karcher. Welcome, David. Fellas, man, it is so good to be here. I am excited about today's topic because I am one of the few on this call that is on the backside of this conversation. So I've been there and done that, and I am hopefully can share a little bit of wisdom from, from along the way. You got the bumper sticker. I got the bumper sticker to prove it. That's right. Good, good. I love, I love that. Let's let's get over uh, to the piano man. We're all in the mood for passive income. You have a C in the light, Mr. Matthew Hammond. Welcome, Matthew. Uh, it's good to be here, Russ. Feels like it's been a long time, but uh, I'm super excited to be on this this particular episode because um, this uh, this topic is near and dear to my heart. Um, I have a son who's a freshman in college as we speak. So um, so like David is on the tail end of this i'm on right at the beginning of it so uh i'm excited to kind of hear everybody's thoughts on this all right, all right. we got guys got uh two little ones right not not anywhere near but it's gonna come up the king of Beham, mr real estate himself he's agnostic to his type as long as it produces cash flow 
the multi-talented Jamie O'Brien. Good to see you, Jamie. Man, good to be here, Russ. Just enjoying another day in paradise. And yeah, to that point, I've got a little while to plan for college if that's in my kid's future. I've got some ideas on what I uh, am currently doing to prepare for that, but also want to hear your thoughts on um, you know, this whole conversation. So the more information I can get and be a part of this conversation early, the better I can prepare. All right. Well, today we're going to break down and give you three big ideas around this college playbook for parents. Here they are. To go or not to go. That's going to be the big decision where we're thinking through college. So if you already uh, have kids going through it, right, you're thinking about how you're going to uh, share this with your kids who have grandkids, right, they, uh, for your grandkids. Or the point number two, big idea is what are the ways to pay for it? So if we're going, right, kids are going, how are we going to pay for it? What's some creative ways to pay for it? We all know the simple ways, the, the traditional ways. Let's talk about some creative ways to pay for it. Or three, big idea if we're not going, what are so some of those alternatives instead of becoming a hobo? Because that's the way my wife thinks about it. If you're not going to college, you must become a hobo. So let's talk about alternatives to going and how could that play out and maybe how have we seen that play out? You guys good with that? Let's do it. Love it. All right, let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, gentlemen, we're going to break down the college playbook for parents. And the first big idea that we've got to cover is to go or not go. The decisions on whether or not we should go to college. Stallion, hey, you, you feel pretty strongly about this. Tell me more. And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I, will I will say that there's things in my life, looking back, that I've been very strongly opinionated about, that I've changed those opinions the older I get, the wiser I get. One of those, in my opinion, is college. Uh, it was nailed into my head from an early age. Joey, you got to go to college. You don't want to end up like me. My parents didn't go to college. They didn't have the opportunity. They couldn't financially afford it, so on and so forth. And, and so I just knew that was the only option for me. And I, but also knew they didn't have the money to send me, so I was going to have to just you know, do the best I could in my academics, end up becoming, as you know, valedictorian and going for free. And it was amazing. It was a great opportunity. However, I've since kind of, as I learned more and more about uh, this alternative world of entrepreneurship, investors, uh, becoming an investor, all these sort of things. And I, I couple that with just observing my daughters in their strengths, in their skill sets, I more and more am less convinced that they need to go to college. And I'll just give you an example. My, my oldest, Annie, is very driven. Uh, she is super talented in so many ways artistically. She's like beyond most of her peers in terms of her ability to, to create art. And she loves that. And so my main objective with her has been, why don't, instead of focusing on college, let's consider what we could invest in together and partner on businesses and allow that to become your semi-passive to passive business and allow that to fund your passion, which is art. Uh, right, so can, can I, I want to I jump in here, right? So let Okay. Let me, can I give a flip side to this? Please, right? And you're, going to, you're going to do it whether I say yes or no, but just go ahead. Since we we have um, daughters, right? Like thinking through this, where did you meet your spouse? I met my spouse at, in college. So if you wouldn't have gone to college, you wouldn't have met your spouse. What I would tell you is this, uh, my, my God don't make no mistakes. And if he wanted me to meet her, I was going to meet her at college or wherever he uh, deemed necessary. 
Uh, he just deemed necessary that I was at college when I met him. So the point would be, if he wanted you to be in college, he's going to have you in college. Okay, so let's let's put that off to the side for just a second. Okay, right? Like I, I'm I'm all in sovereignty of God, and everything was providentially planned, right? But let, let's break this thing down because we're riding down the road. We're going to be like getting down into the nitty gritty here, right? So you, you can't big guide me right now. Where did you meet your wife? You met your wife in college, right? That's right. Like, so if your daughter, I'm just using this top, the one that you brought up, if you this daughter doesn't go to college, where is she going to meet her spouse? She is going to meet the the man who will be her spouse in some other location. It, it, now, it, here's the thing. I will say this. I actually talked to somebody today about the fact that she could engage with a college ministry that is at, even not as a college student. And so... Where she goes and finds her friends group will be important, and and I'm I'm happy to be the one to help her navigate those things and and to think creatively about who she's around. Yeah, um, I, that's just a big point that I think that we need to all be considerate of is that I met my spouse in college. It it was even even more providentially planned that my roommate was my wife's brother, right? Like. Like how how providentially uh, blessed was I that that happened, right? That that, that I didn't even have to leave the house, <laughs> you know. Like she came came to see her brother uh, on a regular basis. That was that was a that was a blessing. All right, so that, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come over to you, uh, Matthew. Tell me about to go or not to go. Like, what are some of those decisions? Are you are you pro? Got a kid in college? I'm assuming you're pro. Uh, tell me why. And uh, that was a, a a good route for him. So, you know, I'm going to go the old uh, Mark Haraguchi route, and I'm going to say it depends. All right, it depends on what what are your goals. Do you want to get expertise in a specific field of study, like cybersecurity, or maybe a particular medical field, um, or are you just looking to have a Van Wilder experience for the next four years? <laughs> so my my son actually came to me. He told me that he wants to partner with a schoolmate to start or start or buy a pharmaceutical company one day. And he wants to focus on the chemical engineering side of the business, you know, researching and developing uh, new medications. So by all means, in that scenario, get that specialized training in college. But let's look at the flip side. If he had come to me and said, hey, I love art history. So I think I want to get an art history degree. I'd be like, well, so you want to teach art history or be a museum curator? No. I'm just passionate about art history. Well, what do you plan on doing with that degree? I don't know. I just love art history. Okay, great. I have an idea. Let's go down to the library and get you a library card so you can read all the art history books your heart desires. And then we'll take the $100,000 we would have spent on your art history degree and put the money into a passive investment. You can enjoy exploring your passion for art history while at the same time enjoying the benefits of passive income, all, um, all the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, I, I like your, your point there. Like, I do think there is a, there's a specialized nature to this. And, and David, I, I want to come to you now because you, like you said, you're on the back end of this three kids. Um, what did you guys decide? Uh, how, how did you guys decide for your three girls? Yeah. So, you know, the way they say hindsight's always 50, 50, right? I mean, you, I can look back now and say, Hmm, that was a good decision or that was a bad decision. I've got three daughters. Um, and, 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 uh, two of them went to college and one of them did not. Right. And so, um, I can really see it from both sides of that fence for one of my daughters. Um, she just knew that college was not in her future. She, she, she struggled with schooling in high school and, and, and she had different passions and, and, and none of them fit the traditional college model. Right. So we went a different route with her. One of the other daughters knew exactly what she wanted to be from a very young age. Right. And it was going to be, it was a, a specific skill set, And, um, and so therefore, you know, we went down that path. And so, um, you know, to, to go or not to go, it, it really is, it all depends answer. Right. And, and what, what do we ultimately want to do? And is it going to require us spending the amount of money that it costs to go to college 
to get that answer, right? Have you seen the price of college these days? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. There's a few things that the government gets involved in where the price goes up and the <laughs> a few and and the result goes down, right? Like right we 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 know that there's a few. I mean, I'm just mentioning, you know, like college every you know everything that the government gets involved with. <laughs> right. I mean, you, typically things get better over time and they cost less. Uh, the opposite is true when the government gets involved. I, I agree with that 100%. Jamie how about you? This is a decision that, you know, you and your wife both went to college, but now you have younger daughters. How are you processing this this decision-making for them down the road? Like, are you leaning one way or the other? Is this a conversation that you and Blair have even had yet? Yeah, you know, we have had the conversation. And, and while I don't think college is necessary to be successful in life, what you know, there is a point to go into college and typically that's to get a pass to the world of being an employee, right? That's my mindset is teaches people how to go be a good employee. In my case, that has been a catalyst to my success in passive income, right? But I didn't have the education on the passive income side prior to college. So it's a twofold conversation in, in our household is I want to prepare my children with an education, which is college is supposed to give them, but an education around finances, around building businesses, around passive income that potentially could help them fund their own college um, uh, or just help them think differently about what college could look like. But my wife and I both had amazing college experiences. I think it, it really shaped me and formed me into the man that I am today for better or worse. It gave me life experiences in the real world um, with with a new group of people. I grew up in a, a pretty small town. Everybody I grew up with, I went to school with from elementary school through high school, right? I had a very small kind of network. And as we say a lot, your net worth is your network, right? And so I got a lot of value out of that. But is it necessary to be successful in life? I don't believe it is. And I think it is going to depend on what our children, uh, what their path is, what they want to pursue in life as to if it's going to be a good fit for them or not. Joey, I know I gave you a hard time on the front end and it's just because I need to and I have to and I like to. But I also, I'm I'm aligned with you in a lot of the thinking here. I, I think it goes both ways, right? As employers, right? It, people who run a business, how many people in our company uh, have have college degrees? I don't know and I don't care. The answer is most of them, but the also the answer is I don't, it, you don't know because that was not the qualification measure that we use, right? 100%. We use a tool called Culture Index, which assigns that someone takes a survey, it says, this is who I am. This is how I'm gifted as it relates to work and talks about our autonomy, talks about our processing skills, whether we're verbal, internal, our pace in which we like to move, the, are, are we conformist, right? Do, do we like to follow processes or do we not? All of those things make up who we are. That's what we measured against, right? And then we went and looked at the experience that someone had to back that up. And college was not the experience. It was what work history did they have that showed that they would be successful with those traits that they used in that survey. So I do think it's important to say that I think times are changing where employers don't necessarily look at the college degree. Now, to your point earlier, we were talking about specific fields, Matthew, where there are specific um, trades that, that you require, right? Like my wife couldn't become a dentist in the United States without going to dental school, right? Like, or to go to dental school, she had to have an undergrad to get into dental school, all of those things. But that isn't always required. So I, I don't think it's a necessity, but also know too that my, my want for my kids will not impact their decision that much. It just don't, right? Like, to be honest, I want all four of my kids to be entrepreneurs. And I want that for them because I want them to not have to be dependent upon somebody else. Now, I want them to be dependent upon God, but I don't want them to be dependent upon a job. I don't want them to have to trade time for money for the rest of their lives or to a point of frustration to where then they come and look for ideas like what they're hearing on this podcast. But I also know that at 18 years old, they're not ready to make that decision. They just don't know. And, and, and nor do I know, will they be successful entrepreneurs? 
And I don't know what is the best thing for them, right? So to a lot of what you guys said is that I'm going to give guidance. I'm going to, I'm going to inform. I'm going to help show them the opportunities. I'm going to show on both sides of the fence and I'm going to do my best to hopefully help them. But I think that I will have kids. I know hundred percent, at least my oldest right now, senior in high school will be going to college. No, she will. I don't know what the other three will do. And I, I don't know if going to college will ultimately be the best decision my oldest made, but we'll see. All right. Let's talk about point number two here, alternative ways to pay. So we're going to college now. How are we going to pay for it? Right. Everybody knows where you can just go get a loan from the government. They hand out loans um, just like they hand out, um, you know, checks, you know, <laughs> and print money on a regular basis. It's no, no new surprise to us. But what's a creative way, Stallion, that you've seen um, people be able to pay for college? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just give a, a quick analogy or just reminder of a case study of somebody that I helped. This was four or five years ago. This couple was just learning about infinite banking and they wanted to get something set up, but their biggest challenge was, hey, my son's going to college next year and I had this cash flow. I was going to just pay cash as, you know, as we went for his college. And I said, that's great. Do, do what you want to do. But if you want to start the process of infinite banking, why don't we just build a system around this one particular goal? And it was to pay for college. And I said, rather than paying that cash flow directly to University of Alabama, in this case, um, why don't we direct that into a system that you own and control and borrow the money for college? Because you have the ability to take on student loan debt and allow that to continue on over the next four years, five years, however long it is for him to go through school and allow your system to be capitalized during that timeframe. Then at the end of that four or five year timeframe, you can start to borrow against your policies, right? Your system that you built around this to pay back the loans that you borrowed from the University of Alabama or the government, whomever it was. And what what's the benefit of that, by the way? The benefit is I now have cash that was going to go straight out the door and never be a benefit to me at all. It was just going to go straight to the college. But as I have put it into the system, it now will never uh, stop compound. It will always compound for the rest of my life. And that $100,000 that I would have just lost forever now will continue to grow as I pay it back over time. And I could even work it out with my son or daughter and have them pay back portions of it if I so chose to. But it gives me options. It gives me the ability to have a cash flow system that I never would have had without it. That was just one um, strategic way that we used infinite banking uh, in light of student loans to be able to do both. Matthew. Give me some alternative ways to pay for college. So one way, um, you know, it's kind of in, in the traditional uh, sense uh, would be to put money into a government qualified 529 plan in order to save for college. Now, the hope is, of course, for that account to grow exponentially over the years and hopefully be able to fully fund your child's college when the time comes. And that's all well and good, but as we know, anything involving the government is going to have a catch. You know, we all want our children to excel in everything they do, and sometimes we get lucky and have a child that's exceptional either academically or athletically, and as a result, they may get a full ride to college, uh, to the college of their choice. So amazing. Not only is my child brilliant, but now I have all this money in this account that I no longer have to spend on college. Russ, I think I know what you would say. Time to buy a boat. <laughs> Well, now the government's going to come in and say, you know, congratulations on having such an exceptional child. Look at all that money you have in our 529 plan that you no longer have to spend on college. Well, since your child is a rock star and you no longer have to spend that 529 money on college, as a reward for being such a great parent and planning ahead for your child's future, we're going to go ahead and reward you with a 10% penalty and taxes and all the profits you made, uh, your money made in that 529 plan over the years uh, before we let you use that money for a boat. 
So all I'm saying is I, I hope the boat isn't too terribly expensive when the time comes. <laughs> if you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Man, do I love a boat. I, Who doesn't? I'm, I'm going to drag Joey around on a boat yesterday, tomorrow. Um, I'll get video. I'll send it to you. <laughs> well, your 529 may look like a yacht, but you end up buying a dinghy. So, I mean, uh... <laughs> oh man, David. Ways to pay. You know, I, I was the guy that, uh, uh, you know, was uh, saving up in the uh, the qualified plan, the 529 plan, right? I started that at an early age because uh, I wanted to do better by my kids than, than my parents were able to do by me, right? So so I was the guy that had those plans, and I planned ahead, and I saved money. And, man, by the time that first child got to ready to go to college, we were, we're going to pay we're going to pay for college through that 529 plan, no student loan debt. And uh, <clears throat> you know what? We did. We accomplished it. But uh, but during that process, y'all had exposed me to this infinite banking stuff, right? And I'd gotten to meet Nelson Nash and listen to him talk. And I'm like, something is wrong with this plan. And, and to Joey, to, to exactly what Joey said, I got to the end of my first child's four years of college and we did exactly what we set out to do. No student loan debt. And we had no money left in that 529 plan. It accomplished what it set out to go. To, the goal was, right? And I realized now the twins, because I have twins, by the way, now the twins are ready for college. One's going, one's not. And I'm either going to repeat that cycle and we're going to do it all over again. And I'm going to liquidate their 529 plans. And I'll have nothing to show for it at the end except no student loan debt. Or I can organize myself, start a system, an IBC policy for the twins, use their monies from their 529 plan, pay the penalty, suck it up, fund those policies. And from those policies, pay the tuition, no student loan debt. Fast forward five, six years later, they're out of school. We still have that pool of money that has been growing on un uninterrupted compound interest for that entire time. And so I have something to show for it in addition to that student loan debt. So I had to take a, I had to take a lump on the first round, but, uh, but I learned my lesson. I, I'm a, you know, since I, I've been beating up on Joey, I'm a, I'm going to work with you a little bit here on this. You, you ready? I, I, this is a challenge for all of us as parents. You did something that I'm not going to say was bad or good, right? You you and your wife decided you're going to pay for the kids' college. Is that a necessity, David, Joey? Uh, no. You think that, like, it, it's our responsibility. Does that make us good or bad? Well, let's, let's do the opposite. Does it make us bad? Let's don't say good because you did it. Does it make us bad if we don't pay for the kids' college? That. But there's a necessity, a, a thought process that you wanted to do it, right? You wanted it better than what you had for yourself. And while my dad paid a little bit toward different pieces of my college, I mean, for the most part, I, I took out the loans and I paid them back, right? All five years of them. But I'm, I'm thinking like, is it, is it a requirement, right? Do we need to do that? So this is where I like what you said, Joey, and, and your point where you were talking about taking out a student loan instead of paying the cash that existed. Well, when you take out a student loan, there's two different types of student loans you can get, right? There's a, a, a parent loan, 
a parent plus loan, right? Or there's the kid loan. Which one um, is a lower interest rate? The parent has all the um, all the credit history, right? The kid has zero. Which one gets the better rate? Here you're plus. Yeah, I mean, no, not even close. The parent plus loan is the highest of the interest rates. You go get a parent loan, you're going to pay 50% more than what the kid gets with no credit history from the government. That makes no sense to me. It makes no sense, but that's exactly what's happening. Now, so here's the thing is, it okay, well, now I'm evaluating interest rates, so I'm trying to figure out, well, crap, if I go get the loan, I'm going to borrow money at a higher rate for them to go to college. And who's going to be on the hook for paying that back, Matthew, if I go get the loan as the parent in my name? Who's on the hook? The parent. Yeah, you, you can get James to pay that loan back. You could ask him to, but there's no requirement. Oh, don't, don't, don't underestimate me. I could get him to pay it back. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I like about what you said there, Joey, and I'm just challenging this thought process of whether we have to pay it back. But if we're going to, to go through this process, you're going to say, well, I have cash to pay for it, but borrowing the money and maybe doing something else with the cash that I have may be more, more important, right? I'm using arbitrage there. I'm able to earn interest and earn more interest than it costs me to borrow it. And it's, and I want the kid to be responsible. I want to create discipline in the kid's life. Well, I'm going to put the loan in the kid's name because you're deciding to go to college, right? Like, if just just play with play this out with me, Joey. One of your kids says, "I'm going to college." Dad. I don't care what you say. I'm going to college. I'm at it. You 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 can't keep her from going. She's going. But what you can say is, "I'm not paying for it," and she says, "Okay, I'm going to get my own loan." Now, here's, here's what can happen as a, in this process is that the kid can go. The kid can, can go and, and do well in college, get the degree that actually was going to put them ahead, that was going to give them the very specific technical training they needed to keep going. And you're like, man, you know what? I had money to pay for it and I didn't pay for it. Now, do you have the money that you can pay off the loan if you wanted to? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you now have the money that you can give to them to go invest? To help them, you know, further in their um, investing journey? Sure you can. Do you do you have the money that you can go buy a boat with? You can, you can do whatever you want to with it, right? Like, you get to make those decisions. I think that that's important that we don't need to miss that. Because um, I, I think so oftentimes we put this pressure that we have to pay for it. And I, I'm not certain exactly where that came from. I'm, I guess it, it was from a kid. <laughs> they came up with that idea and we're it was the kid that was down to pay for it says well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know make my kids pay for it i'm gonna do it next time and they did and so then that became the theory but i think there's ways for us to be good parents and and not pay for it and and that creates discipline and we can reward them right for doing well by then ultimately paying for it and if we use that money as parents so here's my idea of of ways to pay for it. Why don't I use the money that I was going to pay for their college and I go do investing and produce income streams and reinvest that money and produce more income streams and create, create assets. And when they get out either, I can choose to liquidate assets and pay off debt that they have, or I can use assets to pay the payment for them. Right? Because just like I'm paying a dental school loan, um, here we are 17 years after my wife got out of dental school, but I'm paying it with at, with incomes coming from assets that are greater than me just going and taking a lump sum of money, selling off an asset and paying it all. That's the reason I don't do it. Jamie, you got anything to add before we, we move on to point three here of ways to pay? Russ, you just stole my entire thunder of what I was thinking. You know, a great conversation with you guys. Just a quick story. I had a thought process. I, I'm a real estate guy. I started doing that when we found out we were pregnant with twins, also David. And and part of my strategy was going to be to buy assets that other people paid down that I potentially could sell or refinance when college came, right? But then I learned about the wonderful uh, tool of IBC. And, and Joey had a conversation with me about what are the goals here? Why don't you take that rental income that you're just storing right now for capital expenditures, repairs, everything else, start this policy on your girls and look where it'll be when they reach college age. What if you could teach them to be responsible with debt, let them pay for their own college, whether they realize they're doing it or not, 
and then start to allow them to repay that uh, that debt if they do go to college, right? But we're controlling that debt within our own system. And so can I give them the financial education uh, like Michaela in our community to build a business to put themselves through college and repay that debt, right? Can we start that process at 14, 15, 16, 17 years old before we even reach that college age? So that's where my mind goes thinking about the future for my girls. I do think there's value. Mike McAllister's book, Profit First, talks about when you put constraints, right, that it makes you create um, ideas. It, it helps you get creative with the ways to pay for things. You know, we've had uh, Chris Larson on our podcast. He's in our past income mastermind. He talked about some of the real estate deals he was doing when he was in college. And, you know, I, I know people who, who literally um, slept in the closet and rented out uh, their bedroom to... To, to other people so that they could live for free, right? Like you can get creative. And if we create an opportunity for them to be creative, then there's, we, we can see the fruit of that result. All right, here, here's point number three. Let's talk about alternatives to go in. I'm not going to go to college, right? So here here's the thought process people are going through at this stage. Either I'm 18 years old. I don't know what I want to do, right? I have no clue. And I don't want to spend $100,000 or realize four years from now that I still don't know what I want to do. And we, we, we know those stories, those exist, or I know what I want to do right now. And it doesn't require a college degree to do it, right? So that's the premise in which we're going to answer this from. So David, I'll let you go first. So alternatives to go into college based upon one of those two thought processes. Yeah, I think the, you, you, first of all, I think, you know, the, the value of the degree maybe doesn't carry as much weight as it did in the past. Right. And I think that's really why we're wrestling with this topic. So, yeah. And, 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 and I know so many entrepreneurs, right. That are, that are tradesmen in various, you know, industries, right. Um, that, that make great livings. Right. And so there's such, if, if, if I'm not college material, right. Then maybe I go out and find a mentor, right. Somebody that, 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 that does something that, um, I enjoy that, that I can be an understudy, uh, an apprentice. There's so many different apprentice programs and, and options and opportunities, uh, to, to learn a skill set, to learn a trade, and then to become well compensated within that, within that, that craft. So college is not necessarily an answer for everybody, nor is, you know, working at your favorite fast food restaurant, right? There's, there's always something in between. And, um, and I would say, seek out mentors, seek out people who uh, would be willing to pour into you um, to give you a non-college type of education. By, by the way, David, I'm going to piggyback what you're saying. How many people, Russ, just have we interviewed on this podcast that mentioned to us how they got their start was they went to somebody who had a proven track record from the front of the stage. They went to an event and this person is speaking from experience, either in real estate investing of some sort at a high level. And they went up and they had a unique skill of some sort. In many cases, it was just time. And they just said, hey, I just wanna, I wanna help you do whatever you need help with. And for that, will you just show me a project? Will you just walk me around a project for two weeks or whatever? I'll build you a whole website. Like they took something that they had and they went to that person and that was their start. And now a multi-million dollar career in whatever that, whatever that skill set was. And I would, I would venture to tell you that we know the value of a college degree because there's a bill, right? There's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Like we've thrown that number around because we know it's real. There's an actual bill you get, but people will very rarely go and do offer their time to somebody else for free in exchange for an education. And here's what I would say. The people that we blindly go sign up for classes at a university very rarely have the skills and or the knowledge to provide that sort of income that that person from the front of the stage has, has a proven track record of creating, why wouldn't I knowingly challenge, like give up my time to go work with that person 
versus blindly spend $100,000 to get under somebody that may have never made any more money than what they're making currently right now. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And I think that's a, that is a, a mindset that we need to challenge around this idea of college. Um, so just, I'm on. Well, that's the, the kind of in there, we have a mentor who says that he hates the saying, let me pick your brain. He despises it. He, he says, I get, you know, a hundred DMs a week. And it's like, man, can I jump on a 15 minute call with you? Can I get on a, a 30 minute call with you? Just, I want to run this idea by, he's like, no, no one. I don't have time to have all those conversations. But if you want to send me a one minute voicemail explaining what you're working on, I'm happy to listen to it. And I'm happy to give you a voicemail response. And what I think that you're saying there is that too frequently do we really want to learn. Right. Someone right. who wants to learn that, that that mentor will show up. Right. Like, and I would say is that instead of just saying, Hey, I'll work for free. Hey, I would like to pay you to learn from you. I would like to pay you and I'm going to come and follow you for six months and I'm going to pay you for the six months that I'm with you. I think you'd have a lot more success because to be honest, if somebody says, Hey, Russ, I only want to follow you around for six months. I mean, like, I don't know about that. Like, be honest, like, that's going to take time out of my day. I'm going to have to explain stuff to you. And how do I even know that you're going to be invested? The problem with being a mentor is that oftentimes the person isn't great. Isn't, you don't have a great mentee. You don't have people that actually want to learn. Right. But if I have somebody who says, hey, Russ, I want to come and spend time with you for the next six months. And, and by the way, tell me what I need to write you a check for each month as I show up. Okay. Now, that, that's a little bit different game. Not that I... I just am doing it for the money, which I am, by the way, I love money and I need more of it. Right. I, I got a jar. I put it on top of a refrigerator. I like to put more in it. That's where you come in. But it's like a reference in there, Stan. But it's that you do get an opportunity to see like, well, that person is invested, right? I go to college. Don't I have to put money in? Do not have to pay people. And then do I not have to show up <laughs> and listen to what they're saying? I mean, it's the same concept. There's, now, there's, that, I, I might challenge that last part because to my knowledge, you never really showed up to college and you still got a degree. So I'm not certain about that last point, but we can, we can move on. Hey, you know, you learn efficiency, <laughs> you know, do you have to show up all the time, right? Like what's, it's the 80, 20 rule. <laughs> I figured out, I figured out what was the 20% is going to have 80% result. Jamie, let's, let's talk about the alternatives to going here. Yeah. I mean, you guys have touched on a lot of them, right? I've I mean, touched on a little bit earlier is, can we, can we as parents, and this is what goes through my mind is as kids who are well short of college age, can I start to bring them into some sort of business development or business growth before that time, teach them the fundamentals? College is about getting an education, right? That's kind of what it's framed to be. But what is an education? Can I tell you how many times I've used organic chemistry in my life after college? I don't even know how to spell organic chemistry half the time, right? So I mean, there's there's no education there. It was stuffing a bunch of stuff in my brain to hopefully pass a test to hopefully get that degree, right? Can we provide some sort of beneficial education to our kids? Can they learn a technical trade? Some of the most um, successful people I know have gone into a trade of some sort. Now, a lot of them went to college. Some didn't. Uh, but I think trades are very undervalued in America right now. Can we start maybe as a tradesman and grow that into a business owner, right? Can we teach our kids how to do that? over the course of a period of time. So those are the alternatives that come to my mind kind of right away um, is that it's about education. College just gets education wrapped in a pretty bubble with a with a bow on it, right? So what are we actually educating our kids on? Matthew, what's an alternative way to go? You're not going to go to college. What's an alternative where you don't end up as a hobo is my wife might think. Well, first... Before I even get into that, I, I got to say, Jamie, that was obviously money well spent on your degree if you don't know how to spell organic chemistry. <laughs> I feel like that should have been taught on day one, but, you know. I may be exaggerating just a tad on that. I, I, but No, nah, but, but you know, let, let's look at it from this kind of scenario. So, all right, you're 18 years old, you have $100,000, and you have the option of going to college, but you have no idea what you want to do. Well, if I was that person, I was the 18-year-old that had no, no idea what I wanted to do, but I... I was taught that I needed to go to college. So I went to college. I basically picked the major that I disliked the least and I went through it. <laughs> but let's say, let's say, all right, so let's say you pick a major, 
you get through a couple years of college and you realize, you know what, this is, is not for me. So I'm going to change my major. Well, can you go to the uh, college board or, or the, the financial aid office and say, hey, you know, I really didn't like those first two years of my choice. Uh, can I get a refund on those classes so I can start a new major? No. Yeah. No. How about we how about we turn it around and actually think of it like this? All right. Well, if I don't know what I want to do in college, why don't we do this? I have $100,000. Why don't I spend it on a course to learn how to run a business, to start a business? You know, let's say just using short-term rental business for an example. All right. You're spending a fraction of the cost for this course to learn how to run a short-term rental business. And let's say you get two years in and you've built this business up and it's generating cash flow for you. You're making money. But let's say you determine, you know, after a couple of years of running it, eh, it's really just not for me. I, I, hospitality is just not my niche. I, I really don't want to do this anymore. Well, guess what? You can sell that business. Two people on this call right now sold a short-term rental business for a hefty profit. You can sell that business. You can go into something else that you're interested in, you know, that, that might, might be a better fit for your investor DNA. So, I mean, you just got to think outside the box. You got to, you have to uh, really have to change your mindset and get away from all these traditional ways of thinking. What a, what a great example there. Stallion, you and I are currently trying to set up businesses for our kids, showing them an example. So I'm going to, I'm going to quickly hit mine. I'll let you hit yours. My wife is adamant that our daughter has to go to college or has to have a plan otherwise. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, we're trying to buy online businesses right now. We're taking this course and I, I want to show her that it's possible. And I said, well, what if we took, you know, $20,000 or $25,000 a year Instead of spending it at college, we bought a a digital business. And I've been looking at these businesses, and I, I feel like you can get um, about two to three, you know, get a business that's producing profit, and you pay about two to three times what its net profit is, right? So let's just use $30,000. So I can make $10,000 a year, right? And buy a business for $30,000. That's about what we're finding. So $10,000 in, in my pocket after expense revenue for paying 30 grand for it. So that's what? 830 something dollars a month. Sure. If I end up buying four of those, right? Every year, go to college or instead of going to college and, and spending 30 grand, I take that same 30 grand. I buy another one of those businesses. I'm at 16,000, right? Then, and then upwards. And then now, now I'm up there, whatever, I got like 24 hundred dollars a month, $2,500 a month. So I'm making 30 grand in passive income, right? A business that's required maybe an hour a day to spend time in. So I'm trying to show my wife that, Hey, you know, our daughter's thinking about going into like nursing school and, you know, typical brand new nurse is somewhere in that 30 to $45,000 a year range. Right. I'm like, well, what if she was here and she could make 30 to $40,000 a year from these for businesses. And to your point, Matthew, yeah, now she's got a business that's worth this kicking out, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars. So three times that. So what's the what's the value of her business? So if she decides that's not what she wants to do, she now has an asset that she can sell. But I was like, but what else? What's the difference? She goes to college, she spends the thirty grand a year, comes out making thirty to forty thousand dollars a year, and that's where most people are if they can find the job. But how many hours out of the uh week does she have to work as a nurse? 35 to 40 hours a week. Yeah. Well, if she's in this business, she's working, a, you know, maybe four to 10 hours a week. I was like, do you think maybe she has more time? Can she figure out, you know, other things, other hobbies that she enjoys doing with that extra time, making it roughly the same amount of money? Or now that she has all that extra time, can she spend that time trying to figure out ways to grow the thing that's worth 30 grand, right? A year. And to be in 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year. Because the only way that she's going to grow from making thirty to $45,000 a year as a nurse is going back to college, right? Going back to school, getting getting more specialized in the degree or spending way more, you know, more time going, doing overtime and all that stuff. Well, there's ways to invest in herself outside of that. And so I'm using that as one of my little case studies. And we'll see if we can buy a business over the next 30 days and start proving it out. But that's my example. You have a daughter doing a land business. Yeah, I'll, I'll just you know give a shout out to the landgeek.com if you haven't checked out Mark Podolsky and his group. Um, you know, my my daughters attended a boot camp with me two years ago, and 
we we had such a great time. I, I had no idea that they were going to enjoy the whole business model as much as I thought they would. And so here's my daughter. She's not even 16. And she's like, hey, tell me about how we could get started on a lean business. And I'm like, really? You want to do that? She's like, yeah. I mean, this is super interesting. And so we literally got her started on even land arbitrage, where she was buying land from another investor, not having to do any of the research on the county, not having to do any mailers. She just bought existing wholesale property and turned around and was reselling it on um, Facebook Marketplace or landmoto.com. She actually, over the last 18 months or so, has bought and sold probably... I think she's got currently, she's got about four or five properties that are now continuing to pay her note income, but she took on some notes in the early time to like buying this land on payments. She didn't actually use cash. She just was buying on payments. So she's currently in this position where she's not fully breaking even and, you know, making more money than she's paying out. But that's her goal by the time she graduates is that it's going to be more than enough for it to be paying for her expenses. And she's literally only working about three to five hours a week in the business right now because she's a full-time student. She's an artist and she actually plays golf for the high school, you know, local high school. So these are things that, you know, this is a, she set the foundation for something that could easily become her source of income in, in the, next the results. Ten, ten months. Really quickly. What's the result for her? You, you think over the next four years, instead of, cause she's a senior as well, instead of going to college, what will she, in your opinion, in four years, if she keeps putting in the effort, what do you believe the result would be for her based upon the training that she's gotten and the um, ability to keep after it over the next four years? My, my guess is she's going to figure out a way to do as little as possible in the business. That, that's one thing she's learned from me, Russ. Okay. Um, but I think she's going to be able to easily create fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, comfortably paying her outside of the business being able to continue to buy and sell raw land, and that that's a pretty low number over the next four years. That's awesome. All right. Well, this was a big topic. It took us a while to get through it. Hopefully, as we went through these three points to go to not to go different ways to pay and alternatives to go, and you got some insight for a kid who. Maybe you're considering whether or not they should go to college, who should pay for it, and what are alternatives to it. So we appreciate you listening. As always, uh, please share this with somebody else who needs to hear it as well. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.